his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM and WTIC.com. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Steve Werbner, the town manager for the town of Tolland and Pauline Yoder, director of municipal services at the Capital Region Council of Governments. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. We are talking this morning about the crumbling foundation issue plaguing potentially thousands of homeowners, mainly in eastern Connecticut. There is legislation pending in the General Assembly to help homeowners, and we understand the General Assembly might be in session this weekend. We are taping this show on Thursday, so there could be some developments over the weekend, but let's get a general overview of uh, what lawmakers uh, might be considering. Steve, this is something that you have advocated for in a recent op-ed piece in The Current. Yes, uh, we've been advocating for uh, additional uh, state assistance uh, related to this problem uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, What we know that they're considering at some point, hopefully before the end of the session, Uh, is a bill that would provide for a $10 uh, surcharge on homeowners insurance policies, a $10 fee uh, by homeowners who are uh, renewing their insurance policies, and a $10 fee on mortgage applications. Uh, Those revenues would be deposited into the captive insurance company's revenue source that's being set up at this point in time by the state, to hopefully uh, address remediation issues uh, regarding this particular concern. I've heard people who question this legislation say, well, why should everyone be on the hook to help these homeowners? And you note that there's a difference between having to replace your entire foundation and maybe replace a roof or a furnace. Yeah, there, there really is, and that's a, that's a really important point. Um, uh, when you purchase a home, there's a certain life expectancy to some of the aspects of your home, such as a furnace or a roof. Uh, you know at some point in time, if you stay long enough, you're going to have to replace those those certain items. Uh, in terms of your foundation, uh, there is no expectation that during the course of your ownership of that home, you're going to have to replace your, furnace, your uh, foundation. Um, and the cost associated uh, currently uh, with that particular uh, need uh, is running between $150,000 and $300,000, depending upon the size of the house. Certainly at the type of expense that any single homeowner is not expecting to have to pay during the course of their ownership of that particular home. And in many cases, it can essentially zero out the equity that someone has built in a home. Oh, in, in some cases, we found that it exceeds uh, the equity in some of the uh, the smaller homes. Uh, it's a it's a substantial uh, problem at this point in time that that's not only uh, impacting the homeowners but also impacting the, the banking industry in terms of the mortgages that they may hold on the properties. Pauline, one of the issues is we don't really have a good handle on the number of homes affected. That's correct. There's been over 600 homes that have 
um, declared to DCP, the Department of Consumer Protection, that they have this issue. But we believe that there are many homeowners who might just be waiting to find out if there is aid out there before they do any sort of testing to find out if they have the problem. In a lot of cases, people don't want to know whether they have it or not, uh, because once they have it, they've put a scarlet letter on their house, they can't sell it, they can't borrow against it, um, and they also have no solution. And so we, we think there's a lot of people who are holding back. Um, we know that J.J. Modis was in operation for 30-some-odd years from the uh, Becker's Quarry, and all of that, how many foundations did they pour during that time and how many of those foundations are affected, the numbers could be quite staggering. And that's the concrete company that has been linked to the issue with the pyrotite in the, the material they've used to make the foundations. Correct. And I will say that the governor's office last year said up to 34,000 homes could be at risk. And that's a very large number. Beyond what is being proposed in the General Assembly, what sort of help is already available to affected homeowners? So there is testing support that is available to homeowners. So we have the Governor's Testing Program through the Department of Housing that, that um, he announced last year that's been uh, that CROG is administrating right now. Um, and that is for visual inspections. Uh, there's help for homeowners for 100% of reimbursement up to $400. And for core testing, uh, for parotite, it is for two cores, 50% up to $2,000. So that testing program is in place. Also, there is the um, the CDBG, which is Communities Development Block Grant Program, where seven of the towns had applied to um, Department of Housing for that. Um, and that is residents within those seven towns can get pre-approval to have core testing done, and that's paid 100% of the core tests. And DOH just announced last week that they would extend that application process to municipalities so that they could apply um, into June to have that funding available. There is also some relief on the tax front that Congressman Larson and Courtney announced late last year. Correct. Um, that is um, the property, I hope I get this right, property casualty loss deduction. And I'm not an accountant, and you have to talk to an accountant to get this right. And I believe uh, Congressman Courtney's office is hosting a few webinars to help people learn more about this in the coming weeks. Um, but that is, if you do get your foundation fixed, you're able to deduct the losses of that through this, um, through this property casualty loss deduction. Now, when you, you think about a failure such as a, a foundation on a home, you, you think that your homeowner's insurance might cover it, but not so much, it seems, in this case. It does not. Um, I believe, was it in 2003, the Department of Insurance um, allowed the insurance companies to change their, um, their policies so that this was not covered. Um, they specifically, it has to do with the peril of collapse and the definition of, um, of what constitutes a collapse within a within a foundation and because this is a slow moving process uh, they excluded this is that around the time when there were indications that there might be a problem with some homes yeah we had the uh, unfortunately in Thailand we had the first known case of uh, this uh, concern in the early 2000s um, and at that point in time they uh, the homeowners involved 
uh, were the first ones to try to bring suit against their insurance company uh, for coverage, and uh, they were denied. And it was from that point forward uh, that there were changes in policies to exclude this potential uh, problem from homeowners' coverage. I think I should clarify that there probably were homes at that time or before that that had this problem, but they were considered, oh, it's a one-off, oh, it's bad concrete, it was a bad installation, as opposed to understanding that this was a larger issue of having the peritite mineral in the concrete. That's important to, to understand, too, as well, because all foundations have cracks in them. Um, so at, at, at some point when you see... Uh, these cracks, you might not recognize that you have this particular problem. Uh, and it wasn't until it started to, to magnify in terms of, of, of the issue uh, that engineers started to go out and do the visual inspections uh, and find out that this was a dissimilar type of crack than the normal expansion cracks that you would have in your foundation. I'm guessing you've examined some of the the results of failing foundations uh, gone and toured homes. What does it look like? Well, you know, it gets to a point, um, it can get to a point for some of the foundations uh, we, where we, we, which we have seen uh, where there are large cracks, large enough for uh, rodents to get through, um, large enough for water to seep through. Uh, so it gets to a point where the structural integrity of the house is, is a concern. Um, and those are the ones that are much further down uh, the road in terms of the interaction uh, at the beginning of the stage, uh, uh, beginning portion of the of the process, it's more of a spider crack uh, that you will see rather than the straight uh, horizontal uh, type crack, um, and that then leads you to uh, possibly getting the either the visual inspection or the core sampling to find out uh, if you do have the concern. the The further uh, problem that that's associated with this situation uh, is that there is not a lot of scientific research. Uh, associated uh, with the interaction of pyrotite, pyrotite uh, with uh, a water source, source or moisture. And you need that combination in order for this to uh, percolate. Um, but there is no uh, measure at this point in time. If you do a test of your concrete and you find out you have a certain percentage of pyrotite within your concrete, um, there's no indication as to whether that definitively says you're going to have the problem or how long it's going to take to get to a point where it's a serious concern or whether there are intermediate steps that you could take uh, to try to slow down the process. All that sort of data uh, is lacking uh, with, it, with this particular problem. So for most people, their home is their most valuable asset and in some cases, they don't know if this will be a problem for them. They, they really don't, and um, and that's why there's an awful lot of uncertainty at this point in time, both with homes that have the known problem and with homes that don't have the problem currently but may have been built during the, the suspect uh, time period. And that's why in terms of the entire housing industry uh, in the now, there are now 41 towns that have had at least one home identified with this particular problem, uh, it casts a bit of a shadow uh, over uh, all the homes in terms of uh, the, the proper due diligence that, uh, that sellers and buyers have to do in terms of transactions at this point to ensure uh, that they're not buying a, a home with this particular problem. What was the time frame of the homes being built that might have this issue? 
So um, early 80s to uh, 2015 really is, is the, the time frame that J.J. Modis used Becker's query, which is the source of the paratite. There's not really a lot of science behind this, but there, there were some cases, I believe, up in Canada that w- maybe uh, paratite was an issue there as well. Yeah, we know that there was a, uh, uh, a concern in Canada. We also know there was a concern, I believe, in Ireland uh, in terms of this particular uh, mineral being found. And Canada had set... Uh, certain standards in terms of the percentage of allowable pyrotite within uh, a concrete mass, um, although apparently there wasn't a lot of research behind the standard that they set, um, so there's no real certainty as to whether that's actually correct or not. They established that that standard in order to uh, build in a standard for reimbursement to homeowners for uh, for for repairs. Um, so we're, we're still uh, hopeful that the federal government, perhaps uh, the Army Corps of Engineers, uh, working through uh, some of our congressional offices, uh, will do additional research to try to determine. Because what's happening at this point in time is that uh, homes are getting the core bore tests, and they're finding that they have small percentages of pyrotite to large percentages of pyrotite. And what does that mean? It's like going and getting your heart examined and they tell you what your blood pressure is, but they don't tell you what this, the results are in terms of how that correlates to any further damage down the road. Um, so it's something that has to be addressed because uh, homeowners now are finding that they have a percentage. Buyers are asking for the test. They're saying you have some level of uh, percentage of pyrotite. Um, does that mean I should or I shouldn't buy your home or you should or you shouldn't take remedial, remedial action at, at, at this point? You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Steve Werbner. He is the town manager of Tolland, and Pauline Yoder, director of municipal services at the Capital Region Council of Governments. This has been quite an emotional burden for the homeowners affected. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, and uh, Pauline can uh, certainly add from from her experience because I know that she's talked to a number of the the homeowners, but but. For the ones that um, that have come forward uh, to us, there are a number uh, that are in the uh, uh, latter years of their, uh, their their home ownership. They're at a point in time where they're trying to downsize and, and perhaps uh, retire, uh, and they find out that they have this particular problem, not covered by insurance, not currently uh, eligible for uh, for state assistance for uh, remediation purposes, and they're having to spend 150 to 300 thousand dollars of their retirement savings towards this particular problem. Uh, it, it's staggering uh, for them, and in, in, in some cases, in at least one case that came to me, uh, they were going to take the money out of their uh, retirement accounts um, because that money, once they took it out, is taxable. That would put them into a higher tax bracket. So they would actually have to take more money out in order to uh, try to address both the tax uh, situation as well as the uh, the repairs. Um, it, it becomes all-consuming. Uh, it's the major investment that you make in terms of your, uh, your, your future retirement goals and to find that at that point in your life, uh, you have to address an expenditure of, of this size. Um, it's, uh, it's devastating. And it's also, as Pauline said, it's something that takes time. Uh, so people that have the problem, they continually see it for a number of years, and they see it growing worse year by year. It's not the type of thing like a flood or a hurricane or a fire that happens instantaneously, and then you make the adjustments and you 
you move on with your life. This can take years before it gets to a point, but you know it's coming and it's with you every single day. I would agree with Steve that it is it is devastating. I think that's the, that's exactly the word to use. Um, I've seen people who have depression as a result of this, who um, who are so underwater with their homes, they can't sell, they can't move, they can't uh, take a new job somewhere else because they can't sell their home, and they have extremely limited choices in terms of what they're going to do. Um, and it's very difficult for the homeowners. I think that the longevity of it, the ongoingness of it, we've had people talk to us about um, how they can hear their house moving and creaking as as the foundation is slowly crumbles literally beneath them, um, and it's it's devastating. What advice would you give to someone who maybe hasn't come forward yet because, as you noted, they don't want that red letter on their property? That's a really hard one because I think the only way to get help is to be able to come forward, but the help hasn't yet quite been established yet. So I think once the captive insurance company establishes sort of the parameters on what you need to do, what what you will be able to get, um, then the floodgates will open in terms of the number of people who apply for that, the number of people who get tested, because now there's a pathway out. Right now, people don't see a pathway out. They are just putting a red letter on their house, and they're and um, and they don't know what to do. Um, I think a, a good way to to describe them is they're it's a cancer in their home. They're victims of this cancer, and just the way cancer affects your health, every aspect of your life in terms of the in terms of the the financial hit that it, it takes. This is the same thing, except it's happening in your house. Talk a little more about the process of setting up the captive insurance company. It will oversee the relief funds that are allocated to to help homeowners. Correct. Correct. So right now, uh, last uh, last session, the legislature legislature passed a um, hundred million dollars in bonding over five years, so twenty million dollars a year um, for the captive insurance for a, for a crumbling. Foundations Assistance Fund, which goes towards the captive insurance company. The captive insurance company right now has its incorporators. They have um, put out a call for boards, uh, a board of directors. Um, some of that is defined in statute on who should be on the board, a couple of homeowners and, and various people. And uh, they're currently trying to establish that board. Um, and they've they just announced uh, last month the um, the appointment of a superintendent who will oversee the process of doing the the uh, submitting to Department of Insurance to establish the captive insurance company. So they are in process of getting that done. For people who want to seek relief, should they reach out to CROG to start? Is that a good starting point? For uh, testing reimbursement, definitely uh, CROG is the place to come. Uh, we have the it's foundationtesting.org is where you can go for the testing reimbursement. If um, you are in one of the seven towns that did uh, the CDBG program, uh, you should reach out to them first. Um, and that's actually listed under our FAQs on the foundationtesting.org. And if you have not done your test yet. So definitely for that. For remediation help, I think right now it's there isn't anything that's ready to go yet. Homeowners can uh, and should, uh, if they think they have the concern, register with the Department of Consumer Protection, which is uh, keeping a list of of all the homes impacted. 
Uh, there's also a program that was adopted by statute a couple of years ago where homeowners who believe they have the problem can apply to the uh, local assessor's office for reduced assessments. Um, and currently some 608 homes uh, in 21 towns have uh, done that. And just to give you a sense of the magnitude of the problem currently, uh, the number of homes that have applied, it's ha- it has reduced assessments by over $44 million um, and $44 yeah, million dollars. Um, which uh, would account to using an average mill rate of about $1.3 million in lost taxes for those towns that are, that are involved, which is legitimate based upon the, the, the concerns of the homeowners, but the magnitude of the economic impact in terms of the communities, uh, again, is a, is a major concern going forward. So the grand list takes a hit. The grand list takes a hit. You asked earlier why uh, people who are not affected by the problem should pay for for it, and the reality is they will be paying for it one way or the other. There have also been efforts at the federal level to provide some relief. We talked about the the tax assistance that is available to people who have already made repairs, but Connecticut's two senators are, are pushing to to find some some federal dollars as well. Yes, and uh, you know we've been talking, and, and the, the governor has been talking for a number of years with the federal uh, government in terms of whether there was uh, federal assistance, primarily through FEMA, uh, which is usually involved whenever there's a natural disaster, whether it be again a hurricane, a weather event, um, and FEMA, based upon their rules and regulations, has denied on a couple of occasions. Uh, federal assistance because they believe that there is some man-made element associated with this particular problem, perhaps in the construction or the pouring of the of, of the concrete, um, and they've denied uh, federal uh, federal assistance. The uh, two uh, senators uh, from Connecticut have put in two separate bills for a hundred million dollars each. Uh, one would be under FEMA uh, type of uh, of assistance. Uh, and the second would be under the uh, housing uh, program, uh, and they hope to pursue both bills, and hopefully out of that uh, something will come in terms of, of federal assistance. That money would go into the Captive Insurance Crumbling Assistance Foundation Fund uh, and be uh, eligible to be used as part of that uh, process. We've talked mostly about homes affected by this problem, but are you aware of other structures that also might be affected? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, when we first started talking about this, we felt that uh, it was only primary, primarily homes and that commercial properties were uh, built uh, with other protections and perhaps they would not be impacted. We found, at least in Tallinn, that we have uh, two commercial uh, buildings uh, that are impacted. And right now, with all the programs that are being discussed at the state and federal level, they're not addressed towards commercial buildings. So these people are Uh, completely at this point in time uh, without relief. Uh, We also have one school uh, that's been impacted, uh, potentially a uh, a fire station, and we've heard that there might be at least one bridge uh, that's impacted in another community. So there are other facilities besides residential uh, homes that at this point in time we know are impacted and potentially could be impacted. There's also the the concern that... uh, uh, product from this particular quarry was trucked out of state. And there are at least seven, I believe, municipalities in Massachusetts 
that have uh, reported incidents of the crumbling foundation as, as well. So this is a multi-jurisdictional uh, uh, issue uh, that perhaps might be uh, able to help us at the federal level since it involves at least two states at this point in time. He is Steve Werbner, Tollinge Town Manager, joined by Pauline Yoder, Director of Municipal Services at the Capital Region Council of Governments. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.